Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Journey to Developer podcast. We're in season two. This is amazing today. So we have my sister in Christ, Carol Fom. I had the privilege of meeting her in person at the Millions Conference this year, 2021, but we met last year in 2020 virtually. And we connected. We've been following each other. And it's a blessing to have you on my platform. So thank you for coming on. Well, thank you, Shantiante, for having me on this podcast of yours. <laughs> yeah, it's an, so it's a Carol, honor. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so Carol is a social media branding strategist. She's an author. She's so many things, and uh, literally so many things. So I said, let me have her on here. When we connected in Tampa a few weeks ago, she told me that she came out with a book called The Unmarried Wife. And I was like, wow, that title was just intriguing. So I was like, you know what? We have to bring you on here, talk to everyone on the podcast about what an unmarried wife is. Many of you know, right now on my journey, I'm currently an unmarried wife. And I was supposed to get married in August, 2021. So it actually just passed. And unfortunately, I didn't get married, but it's all God's will, it's all his grace. So Carol, what is a unmarried wife for the listeners <laughs> who don't know? Well, I'm glad you asked what an unmarried wife is. And so unmarried wife is, we refer that to um, a follower of Christ, a believer. And the reason why we say that for a believer, it also can be for those that um, don't believe. But the reason why we do specifically say in regards to um, those that are followers of Christ is because according to Isaiah 54, 5, in that scripture says that for your maker is your husband, the Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your redeemer. So right then and there, as a person who is pursuing or in a, in a season of preparing for, for marriage, before you are married to an earthly person, your husband first is, is God. And mm. so that's why we call the unmarried wife. And so meaning that you're not married in the natural to an earthly vessel, but you are first and foremost, a bride of Christ. And so I think that sometimes we don't see God as, as a husband that refers to man and, you know, male and female, because I mean, mm-hmm. as it says, it, is, it wasn't pertaining to just a, to a female, you know, right. uh, but really to those, we, we, us being the church is the bride of Christ. And that's what is what the unmarried wife is. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean, that means I need some training. And I always said, you know, <laughs> and I'm just being a real person, right? I, I, you know, when things went kaput in my, in my engagement, mm-hmm. I, and and also throughout the engagement, I'm like, you know, am I prepared to be a wife? Am I ready for marriage? Am I a wife? I mean, I know I was, I am a wife because I do things for people with the love of a wife in my relationships and my family or whatever. But how does one male or female, how are they, how can they, how can they actually identify as a bride or a groom of Christ? Like, what, um, how do, what does that look like? Well, you know, one of the big things that just came to mind, um, this is actually, well, you know, the, the, just even the concept of unmarried wife was a concept through a conversation between my best friend and I, and God gave her a revelation because we wrote the book together called The Unmarried Wife. And so we were like, oh my God. Because the thing is, 
before that, the, the terminology that God gave us, we've been talking about submission being a very big thing. And so that's why I say a follower of Christ. Well, and, you know, because yes, you know, those who do believe in Jesus and have accepted him as, as, as savior, there are people who have not accepted him as Lord yet, even though we have mm. spoken it, but um, our action has not been of submission. And unfortunately, the word submission has negative connotation um, because mm-hmm. the world has already tainted that. Because you're like, well, I'm not a submitted. You know, me being a person before knowing Christ, I was like the Miss Independent Woman. Right. I got my own. I don't care about it. Well, you know, but it was interesting. I say these things, but deep down, I would desire to be married. <laughs> you know, I desire yeah. to be married, but I wasn't acting the part, meaning that I was very, you know, harsh to men. It was like, you know, you treated me wrong. I'm going to make sure that I wasn't, I wasn't going to have my heart broken again. And so I was very prideful, you know, I didn't want help. And so submission is a very big piece in terms of being a bride of Christ, because not only as a bride, but also as a child. And it first boils down to being a child before you, and the child piece is where you can build the relationship with God. And you move on to the next stage where you become the bride you now you're able to allow God to love you in a different way so there are stages but I think the first thing the foundation lays down is that being a child of God because that's Ooh. our identity so I definitely want to talk about this believer of Christ follower of Christ disciple of uh-huh. Christ because there's a big difference and you know mm-hmm. just because you believe Jesus Christ existed doesn't necessarily make you a follower or a disciple or even a Christian mm-hmm you asked me mm-hmm. and and I can say even for myself had I understood a better concept of what it took to be a disciple there's a lot of changes or, or things I would have done even after I got baptized I got baptized at like 22 I believe mm-hmm. and I mean the next week I went right back into sin like full-blown doing everything I was doing before and I think yeah, I just yeah. didn't have a concept of what it meant to be a disciple or a true follower of Jesus Christ. And I remember back when me and my mother attempted to join a church together when I was a teenager. And this church was very adamant about if you do not finish discipleship classes, you are not a member of this church. Like they were very adamant. And for, for some reason, my mother, she just, my mother's kind of bullheaded. I love her, but she's bullheaded. So she was just like, well, I don't have time to go to these classes because it was like legit. You had to wake up early on a Sunday morning and go to the classes and for the and it was called discipleship class. Right. But now looking back, I'm like, those classes were necessary even for her in her life. I think she would be a lot further in life if she would have went to those classes and she would get a better concept of what she's supposed to be doing as a disciple of Christ. So it if you can can you explain what the differences are you don't have to do all three but are you able to tell us like the difference between like disciple in your opinion anyway or Mm -hmm. how it correlates with the whole bride and submission to god concept well yeah i think i'll touch on in terms of believer because that's more like the general term right and so the scripture says that you know if you believe in god and you confess you know you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you will be saved and so a lot of Christians have are saved, right? And they have been, you know, what you call as a born again Christian, where you've accepted Jesus and you believe that he resurrected and he died and resurrected. And so that is like a general thing where 
people, we all become Christian. Now I have found in my journey that I was in that place, right? I was like, oh, you know, I believe in Jesus. And I saw that he saved me. I had, you know, encounter of him, experience with him. Right. However, I found myself being very rebellious. I still wanted to do my own thing. So even though I was, you know, beginning when I was reading the Bible or there'll be things that I still wanted to do on my own. Like I, unfortunately, when I first came to know Christ, I was actually still fornicating, right? You know, I'm thinking about, you know, I love Jesus. It's okay. His grace covers me. He, he mm-hmm. loves me. But <laughs> until one day I had a, I had a harsh reality check. God was like, and at the time I was talking to someone and, you know, we were fornicating and he believes in God as well too. And I remember I was on a business trip, I was flying and I was reading and I was just so like engulfed in at the time, this, the scripture I was going through. And one of the things that as I was reading, God said, don't be like Eve. Mm. I said, <laughs> I, I said, <laughs> Oh, hold on Jesus what are you say what do you mean that don't be like you oh my and goodness. then <laughs> and so he was saying that he that here right the scripture says that you know no sexual morality no fornicating so although I read those things same thing as you know Eve was given instruction that there's a tree in the garden that you just can't right. touch she give that she gave in to not only her temptation but it was actually her pride and her flesh and mm. so when God was saying that to me, it was that although I knew these things, I was tempting the person I was talking to, you see what I'm saying? And so I had to take accountability and responsibility to not be Eve, to be tempting people, tempting the person I was talking to through sexual morality. So, so although he said that, it was like, I was like, oh my gosh. So then I automatically wanted to told the person, hey, you know, God told me that don't be like Eve. <laughs> you know, we can't be, we can't be fornicating anymore. But it was very difficult. And, uh, you know, we'll talk more about that later, but really there was deliverance that needed to be done, right? Because then I think as a believer in Christ, you you believe in Jesus, but there are steps in process to become a follower. That's one, right. you have to make it, you have to make a decision, right? that I want to do everything that God has told me to do according to his word. Right. And so it comes down to making that decision. And I, I think that I had not made the decision being a believer that I wanted to, to truly follow God. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't until making the saying yes to God. It's the same way as being, you know, when you, when you're in a relationship with someone and it wasn't, and it's not until the person get down on their knees and ask you, Right. So that's when it came down. God was asking this question. Do you want to follow me and truly mm. submit your life? And that's when I went, when I said yes, then the whole ball game changed. Right. <laughs> and that's when you begin to see the differences in hindsight. Like, oh, my gosh, Lord, I repent. I go into a radical. I repent for this. I repent for that. Because then now mm. Good. your love, your love for God just changes. Because you don't lay, you don't submit to someone you don't trust. Ooh. And so, so in that time, there was a lot of things that God began to work on me to really show me how much he loved me, even though I was like a, a sinner, you know what I'm saying? Like I was still willfully sinning, but it was like, my gosh, that grace of his. And when we truly encounter God's grace and mercy, and when you see that, and understand that the same God 
that not only split the the Red Sea in Egypt and the one who also put judgment on Egypt. You see what I'm saying? When you start to recognize that that God could could punish me as well too, but he loves me, okay. that there's this, there's just, it melts your heart. And okay. so that's where I, re- I began to see that my heart, uh, my heart of stone became a heart of flesh because God's unconditional love put me in a position to want to submit. Right. So it wasn't until that encounter, the recognizing that, man, what I was doing was horrible. But but then in that state of being horrible, but like, man, you got this person who still loves me. You know, that's when I chose and I the, made the decision of, yes, I want I want to I want to further this relationship. I want to go. I want to say yes. I want to go all in. Right. So that's when you become the follower of Christ. You begin to really allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life and convict you as well too. Because then now these conviction comes up, you're more sensitive to it and you're yielding to it. But I think as a believer, you're just like, oh, you know, you're, and uh, you know, again, everyone has a different journey with God and the relationship with God. Yes. But in my journey, what I saw is that, man, God still worked with me in that level. Although I was like, wouldn't fully submit it, but he still spoke to me to the level mm-hmm. that I understood. Right. I think that's the amazing thing about God is that he will speak to our level and where we're at in our journey. And at the end of the day, he is the author and finisher of our faith. And so he knows where we're at. And, and it's our choice, though, you know, to, to fully submit and really live that life that he's already made for us. Or we can be in what you call as a permissive will, right? I'm sorry. Let me know if I'm going too far. I was like, I just, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I agree with so much of it. I mean, like I said, I got baptized. Like the next two weeks, I wound up sleeping with a person I wasn't supposed to sleep with. And, I, you know, again, I didn't have an understanding of anything. I was just like, I knew in my heart that it was time for me to get baptized. Like I knew that. I was old enough to make sound decisions, I felt like. But I didn't really understand until literally, I want to say like 29, I'm 32. So in the last <laughs> the last couple of years, shoot, probably in the last couple of months, I have like a, a one, a thirst to read the Bible, like to know what God is telling me, right? I became more of a vivid dreamer. So sometimes I get rebuked in my dreams. I'd be like... <laughs> talking to me <laughs> literally like I, I had a whole dream one day God was telling me listen I don't like that you do this this and this and I remember the key points but I don't remember how he conveyed it to me but he literally showed me the things he don't like about me or the things I need to change right but even when I was out there sinning God was still he always had his hand on me right Holy Spirit has been present from me being a teenager, but even when I was in a, I had a baby out of wedlock, which is a blessing, right? Like, even though I conceived her and then she's still a blessing. And in that relationship, God was speaking to me through dreams about that child's father. Like he basically ain't the one for you. Like he was revealing to me in the dreams. But shortly after I was able to get out that relationship. And then even when I was still sinning and the, and the crazy thing about me is I would always get the, I want to say the notion from Holy Spirit. I didn't know it was Holy Spirit before, but now I know to, mm-hmm. to practice purity or abstinence, like from a teenage, well, not to say I was out there 
from a young teen, but like from like 18, I always would go on like these long one year uh, purity spans, sexual purity spans. And I would literally have the desire not to have sex, right? So now when I look back, I'm like, that was God trying to get me to be on the right path, right? Not to go down the rabbit hole myself, but even when I was in sin and I probably didn't even deserve the provision from God or even the dreams, the warnings, whatever, the communion with God, he still was giving it to me because he does love me and he was trying to protect me. So yeah, I forgot where I was going with that, but I agree. I agree with you. And I wind up practicing at least purity, sexual purity and understanding why we shouldn't be having sex when I actually discovered Tiffany Montgomery, like she broke it down so good to scare, I'm not gonna say scare me, but to really rebuke everything I was doing as far as like having soul ties with people. And, you know, that was like, whoa, if somebody would have told me about that in the church, I would have never had sex. You know what I'm saying? Like that was, that, that scared me enough. Let's just say that. But yeah, but God is so loving. He's so kind. Even when we don't deserve it, he still will bless us. And that's all through relationship and really seeking him, I find. What, what is your opinion on that? Do you feel like, and, and some people don't have to seek him and he still is going to bless them. But I notice when I do seek him and I trust him, that's another thing, trusting him mm-hmm. and I'm not worrying, he really shows out even more <laughs> for me anyway. Well, absolutely, he does. And what came to mind as, as you asked that, that there are blessings, right? Even just being a believer, but then there are, other blessings that comes with comes with obedience and that's where as a follower of Christ when you start to begin and see like man I'll give you one of the examples so like even recently actually over the last year God has really taught me about boundaries mm-hmm. and that was very difficult for me meaning that you know because of the things I've gone through I, I wanted approval it was because of rejection issues so that it was really difficult for me didn't understand what it meant to put up boundaries and when I, it was, it was like, I was the extreme. It was like either I was like, didn't have boundaries or I just cut you off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. and, uh, and like, you don't even hear from me, but God was like, no, you got to put up boundaries and boundaries was even uh, applied within family as well too, because, mm-hmm. and so when God began to walk, talk to me about these things, there were some boundaries I had put in place for family members. And these were family members that I have been praying for, for their salvation for a very long time. And the reason why God was like, at this point, you need to have boundaries because of where my walk with God was that I needed to be able to not only submit my life to God, but truly also be able to close certain um, spiritual doors. And the thing is, there were these, the people I was praying for, they had open doors in their lives. And so for those who may not be familiar what that means, well, you know, if we believe in God, meaning that God is spiritual, everything happens first in the spiritual before it does in the natural. So we, mm-hmm. so then the natural things that we see now has already happened first. And so we may not, some of us don't believe and that. And I, at one point was like, oh, you know, I, I believed in the spiritual aspect of things, but didn't know how much it really impacted me mm-hmm. until through this past year of boundaries. And so, you know, there were, I kept recognizing a pattern was that every single time I was talking to this person, I didn't, I lacked, I lacked clarity. Mm. I was, I was confused and I couldn't hear God clearly anymore, or I was, I I was doubting God or, you know, so there's these things that kept happening. 
and it was like, and it was a pattern and a, a, a cycle that kept going on and on every time I spoke to the person, but actually several people. And that's when God was like, you need to put a boundary, let them know that you cannot be speaking to them or, and God would tell me it's not permanent, but in the season, you need to build a cutoff communication and let them know. And it, because being that family member, it was hard for me. I'm like, oh my God, Deontay, wow. I was like, man, like, you know, I don't know if I cannot, but then God was like, okay, all right. So then he, you know, allowed me to go to this place where I, I put up that boundary, but then I opened it back, I put mm. it back down. And so when he allowed me to put it back down, I then recognized that that was a pattern that every single time I let that down, I went back into lack of clarity, confusion. And the thing is, mm-hmm. I'm fasting and praying for these things, but then I go back into it and God was like, this is the common denominator is because of this door that keeps opening. And because mm-hmm. the person unknowingly don't believe in Jesus, so then they have a wide open door for the for the enemy to come through and work through them as a vessel. And right. so then that was happening. And then that's when I was like, okay, I put up that boundary. And then I'll tell you, in doing that, God not only blessed me with the peace and the lack of clarity, it was like maybe at least five, six months. Actually, well, in the five, six month span of, you know, he told me when I need to put the boundary, but then it was like in the th- in three months after that, in, in, the, in, the, in the middle of the six months, that's when I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to really put the boundary. And I told them, hey, I cannot, cannot communicate with you right now. I love you. I care for you. And there was things that happened. So I said, I forgive you. So don't, don't, you know, think that I don't love you. But at this moment, I just need to, to, for us to stop communicating. And so I not only blocked them, I bought their numbers and everything. And then three months later, through one of the prayer calls, I was on Clubhouse and I was having a conversation with someone and one of the, and they were talking about, you know, boundaries and obedience Mm -hmm. and Deontay, God spoke to me right then and there. He said, because of your obedience, I, your, your family is saved. So wow. meaning that because I had been praying for their salvation and I allowed God to do his, do his thing. You see what I'm saying? I had to get myself right. out of the picture thinking that I had to still communicate with them. And here yeah. I was thinking that I can, although we are vessels of God, but we're not God. And so that was where I continued to open up the, the, the boundary thinking that, oh, you know, because you know, I'm an example for Christ. I can continue to speak to them, but I was actually being in the way of God. Mm-hmm. And so when I put up the boundary and was obedient, God, and God said, because of your obedience, I will ensure that your family will be saved or the family members that you've been praying for. So that's what I mean in regards to blessing and um, mm-hmm. blessings that come with conditions by our obedience. And so even in Deuteronomy 28 talks about and, and Tiffany Montgomery talks a lot about that, right? I remember when she first talked about that was like, where in Deuteronomy 28, there ta- talks about your obedience and disobedience. And when you follow those things, there is blessing and there are all things that you have to, you know, pretty much consequence that you have to go through. And being a person who grew up as a Buddhist, who didn't know Jesus, we were in full disobedience, meaning that we were worshiping other gods. So then I'm experiencing things because of disobedience. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. these are generational curses that have been curses. passed on and yeah. had to be broken off. And so praise God, because I'm in, I, it was, and, and, you know, Deontay, I had to ask God to help me though, to be obedient. I had to ask God to put up, you know, these things, even though things that he gives us and tells us, mm-hmm. there's, 
it's nothing wrong with asking God, can you help me? You know yes. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do it all so the time. I'm like, okay, you tell me to do this and I want to. You see what I'm saying? When, right. when we have a heart that we're willing, God is going to provide that help. And he gave us the perfect help, the Holy Spirit. So, yes. So I, I'm just grateful. And thank you, God. He's so amazing. <laughs> he is. He, I mean, I've even noticed it. I don't want to get too like chatty on here because this is a real podcast that's going to be on iTunes. I'll tell you later. But the boundaries is real. I even notice when I let certain people back in my life, whether it's family, whatever, friends. And it's, you know, sometimes I can't hear, well, like I say, I hear God. My way of communicating, God communicating with me is through dreams, right? So sometimes I just don't know. Like right now I'm in a place where I'm like, God, I don't know. Talk to me, send somebody, send a bird, something. I need to know what I need to do with this mm-hmm. person. And, but I do realize, I, I notice when that person comes around, it's like mm-hmm. my spirit ain't right. I automatically just act different. Like my, mm-hmm. it's like my energy is lower, you know, like it's a shift. So mm-hmm. I need to start practicing boundaries as well. And that could be, that could be many different things, but I, I notice like I'm not even as motivated as I normally would be. I don't know. That's another conversation or another day, but I, I do relate to that boundary aspect. So, but back to being, you know, unmarried wives. Mm-hmm. So we talked about submission. We talked about obedience. Those are all mm-hmm. traits of, we said, ship or lordship, right? Mm-hmm. God and Lord. How did, how did you put it? You put it as we're submitting to God. And these are little areas where we can't submit to God. What are some other things we can do in in this season of preparation for marriage, Mm -hmm. in your opinion? Well, you know what? That's I'm glad that you asked that. And I actually take the boundary piece and tie it into this part right here. Mm -hmm. So one of the so one of the things that God showed me is that when you are going to be a wife, there are boundaries that you have to put up, meaning that you can't have everybody access to you. Uh, meaning that there are certain people cannot be contacting you after a certain time because you have a husband now. So right. let's take that back and bring it back around. Is that now God was telling me through this, all these things were preparation of being a wife. Because mm-hmm. he was like, you can't be answering your calls and at the beckoning of even your family every time you need. Yeah. But when your husband here is having a conversation with you, you can't be gone, you know, like picking up the phone in the middle of a conversation, of True. course, you know, or even there's order as well too it's God first right mm-hmm. and so here in this season when I learn to put God first I will understand in with my earthly husband is that before I mean God and then him you see what I'm saying mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then and and then so then you know I, I started putting up boundaries even like you know uh, best friends and family members say hey don't contact me after 10 you see what I'm saying so then mm-hmm. even learning how to do that because then now I put in place a boundary that or even how do you say like a boundary and a system in place so then when my earthly husband come these things I don't have to be practicing it's already been I'm already been practicing and doing it's part of a lifestyle right. so I think that's really important of having those boundaries put in and even boundaries as in you can't be telling everybody everything either <laughs> so okay so when, sure. so, when, sure. <laughs> so when God even a different revelation that God will give me I have mm-hmm. to ask God, can I release it? Can mm-hmm. I talk about it? Because then now well, I'm I have to, I have to work on that part. I, <laughs> I'm still, you know, I'm still yeah. uh, a five month old baby in Christ. 
So I do have to work on that because sometimes like I'll have a dream and in the past I used to run and tell my ex like this is what I just had a dream about and God probably didn't release me to do that but mm-hmm. I've noticed that because he's the only person that understands in a sense like I don't have a lot of I need more Christian friends or kingdom friends we'll say but because he was like my best friend I would tell him but that whole relationship was an error anyway I, I'm not gonna get on hands talk about that relationship but anyway okay <laughs> we were practicing purity for a greater length of the relationship but we didn't start off in purity so like I said that relationship was an error and then it was me trying to he accepted Jesus as as his Lord and Savior in that relationship and he even just got baptized recently so I'm like good for you name my business the goal was to have him get baptized before the wedding all that stuff but make a long story short I have to work on when I have a prophetic dream or whatever's going on God, can I release that information, right? Mm-hmm. Even when you mentioned boundary, boundaries and having a system or, you know, things in order. I try, I, at one point, I was trying not to even talk to people before a certain time because mornings is where, like, we'll say early mornings, but mornings is where I connect more with God. Mm-hmm. If I try to do it at night, like before bedtime, I'll fall asleep. So I try to do it in the morning, right? It's like three, mm-hmm. four. 5 a.m. I try to connect with God, but just making sure I'm not, I'm setting time for him and I'm not letting people really into that atmosphere before that time period. So like mm-hmm. I get an annoyed if my phone rings before nine, uh, before 9 a.m., but really before 12 p.m. I don't want people calling me. <laughs> don't even call me. But I, it's hard to do that in business because some people do need to call me. But I think that's a way of just, one, having boundaries, but seeking God and having relationship with God and letting God know, like, you know, throughout the day, not just during a specific time, but like, I really want to hear from you. I want to speak to you. I want to commune with you. I want to worship you, right? During a, a set time for him. And I don't want it to be like, I don't want people to think like, oh, well, you got to put God on your schedule. No, but during that specific time, I want to make sure that I am dedicating those that time to him. But throughout the day, of course, we should be speaking to God and um, praying, not our prayers, but, you know, checking mm-hmm. in like a relationship. Like, yeah, if you only spoke to your boyfriend or husband for one hour or not. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of time. But like 10 minutes out the whole day or two minutes out the whole day. You know, people mm-hmm. only most people only pray for about two minutes. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be real. That's one minute in the day, in the morning, and one minute at night, right? Mm -hmm. But if you only spoke to your, your, the person that you, significant other, right? But two Mm -hmm. minutes of the whole day, is that a relationship? (laughs) Absolutely not. No. Or even speak to them when you needed something from them. Is that a relationship? Yeah. Absolutely not. Well, I can, and I can remember, I mean, back then when, you know, I'll be, up late night you know you don't want to get off the phone type of conversation you keep going and then you'll fall asleep on the phone wake up on the phone you know that is and that's where you know it's interesting where I'm like God had to really switch that and really show me and really build that place but then that's where it was a building relationship with him loving him and and actually asking God to like Lord teach me how to love you and worship you Mm, Um, because you know when we're which is something that I didn't know how to do in relationships before. And so, 
And I think that's where it comes down to having an open communication. And so right. I recognize that one of the things that God taught me was learning to communicate with him in every aspect. And I think that before coming to go know God, well, not I think, but before coming to go know God, the way that I saw, you know, in terms of religion and stuff like that, it was mm-hmm. like a one-way thing. It's like you make a prayer and that's it, you know, it, it goes, yeah, that's it. Mm. And then, but here having a dialogue was difficult, like was difficult for me to grasp because then I recognize it, it was separate from, you know, God and then people, you know, we only have right. conversations with God, with people, not with God. Mm-hmm. And so God was really patient with me in that and teaching me. And so that's where it was just amazing where now I'm like, okay, well, Lord, you know how to love me, but I, do I know how to love you right? Do you, am I loving you the way that you want me to love you? And that's where it's asking and being intentional, like, Lord, teach me how to love you and worship you. And I remember hearing that, I think it was through Sophia. She had said that one time, she asked God, would show me how to worship you. So that, that's where it was like, oh, wow, I don't think I've ever asked God that. And that was a, that was the light bulb for me. I'm like, well, let me start praying and asking out that. And mm-hmm. so it's amazing when we then now ask him to be a part of everything. So, I mean, the way I have a relationship with God, is like, I ask God about everything. Like, you know how you call your best friend? Hey, you wear your outfit. What, how, what do you think? Is this cute? You know, you FaceTime <laughs> each other. What should I eat? So that's the same thing with me and God. I'm like, Lord, what should I wear today? Or where should we go eat? And to some people, it's like, that sounds odd. I'm like, but, but God is my <laughs> best friend. He's, he's my everything. Well, so why would I not ask God that? But I right. would first ask, ask a human before I ask God, <laughs> you know. And even when it comes to like business, right? Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Like I was mm-hmm. so quick to go ask somebody, I'm not going to say who, or other people giving their opinions that are going to God first. And that has cost me a lot of money many times, not going to God first. And I'm still training myself to do that. And literally everything I do, even down to like a social media post, because that's a part of the business now. Like, God, what do you want me to talk about? What do you want me to convey to the public, right? So yesterday was was one of the first times I actually sat down and and batch my own content. I, I was paying somebody months ago to do it, but I actually sat down and did like 15 posts. Mm-hmm. And while I was sitting there, like, I was just getting these virtual downloads of what to talk about stuff. I wasn't even thinking about like, (laughs) I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And, but that's important to me, you know, like Mm -hmm. what, cause I, I, this season that I'm leaving, cause I'm out of it. Right. We going into the promised land. We going into uh, gyra at this point, Mm -hmm. Um, but the season, the wilderness will say, and that wilderness season, I was like, all right, these are all the things you were praying for, Deontay. And peace was one of them, right? God's provision was one of them. Maybe your audience needs that same type of prayer. They need those same prayer points. They need to know what scriptures you were reading. So it was so interesting how my content went from being about real estate to all about God's provision, God being a provider, peace, mm-hmm. you know, declaring things over my life because I was in, I was in need of those, that rescue from God as well. So I try to, you know, literally incorporate God and, you know, even in my message, when I meet people like you and you, you inspire me on what you're doing, I'm like, oh, okay, you got to come on the podcast, especially if you're um, assistant in Christ. So that's why I was like, you know what? She definitely have to come on here. This is going to bless a lot of people, in my opinion. And us women and men, if they're listening, we do have to become, we do have to get in position in our unmarried 
wifehood or husbandhood because a lot of us don't even have a relationship with God and we expect them to have a relationship with man or woman. Mm -hmm. We're so focused on making them our God, right? Worshiping mm -hmm. them, pleasing them, doing what we, whatever they want us to do, but we don't even have a lot, not us, but a lot of us, a lot of those that might be listening, we don't even have a relationship with God. So, mm -hmm. but we expect God to bless that marriage, bless that family that we're looking to build, but he, I'm not going to say he don't know us, but he, yeah. we don't, well, we wasn't seeking him. Like you didn't even yeah. ask God, should you even be dating that man or marrying Amen. that man? You just was like, all right, they want to get married to me. And I can say that for myself now. And I, I guess I could say we're saying names because we're, we're talking about people we respect, right? In this religion. But recently, Apostle Dominic Osei from KFT, I was watching his Bible study and he was saying, before you even go on a date, well, he was talking to his members because I guess he didn't want his members dating each other unless they knew for sure. But he was like, don't even go on a date with nobody without God telling you they're your husband. I was like, you know what? That makes sense to me because that, you know, sometimes I was even like heartbroken because, you know, I put energy. Mm -hmm. or emotions into liking somebody or getting to know somebody and then it, when it went kaput I was heart I was actually heartbroken you know so now my thing is before I even start to date again God mm -hmm. is this my husband and if it's not let me know and let me tell mm -hmm. you God works real fast <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> so I, met <laughs> I had met a guy recently and he was he's fine okay he's really good looking he's in the same field like he on paper uh -huh. you would be like, okay, okay, that, that that's a catch. But once you get to know him, he, and I don't want to be judgmental, and you'll probably be able to give me some advice on this, but he, he doesn't have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I just came out of a situation where a guy had to, you know, become born again and you know and I was just like I don't have it in me to do it again and I don't know if that's the way I should feel so only thing I could do is pray about it but I didn't feel like evangelizing in a new relationship because mm -hmm. I did that in the last one it just just seemed like yeah. an ongoing cycle and I really do need a man that's already in love with God and you actually going to bring me closer to God because you love him so much that's just how I feel at this point but he just didn't you know he even when he would get stressed, I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, what helps me is praying. He was like, well, I don't do, I don't do that because that's not how I get through whatever I'm getting through. Like, okay. So literally before I even, I don't know if I prayed about it or not, but God sent me a dream not to even trust him. And yeah, like, like the first week. <laughs> yeah <laughs> even getting to know him because you know i'm like all infatuated oh he is good looking he's tall he's in real estate he's this he's that getting all excited and like that first week god was like nope pump your brakes and then as i i knew it wasn't going nowhere because i did tell him i was practicing purity and he was just like well i would never do that so i was like say no more i was like and literally <laughs> literally i was like I, you know, I, and I was like, I think we should just be friends. That's mm -hmm. it. And he was still pursuing me. He was like, no, I still want to hang out with you. I still want to see you. Because his mom lived in 
my state. He lives in another state. So every time I see my mom, I want to see you, blah, blah, blah. I was just like, but it ain't going nowhere. So I don't know why you want to see me. And I told him, like, listen, I know what I'm looking for and I'm not, I'm not bending. And I have to, I know I have to date a man that is already practicing purity, is already saving himself for marriage. He's already seeking God's face every day. It has a relationship with God and he's a man after God's heart. And I was like, we could only be friends. Yeah. And I don't know if that was like a, a, a jab at his ego. So he was still pursuing, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I literally slowed down from like even answering his texts or anything. So now he gets them, mm-hmm. but we're still cool because we're both in the same profession. And he is a good person. Like he has a good heart, but uh, I, I'm not going to tell another grown man how to love God. Like that's not what I'm going to do. Yeah. Is that wrong of me? <laughs> Over here no, no, it's not wrong for me. It's not wrong of you. And there, a couple of things came to me was I remember listening to a Leslie Ose, Dominic's wife. And she love them. I just love them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. I love their relationship and just seeing you can tell like their relationship with God and with, with one another. It's not like a facade. You see what I'm saying? Right. And but she was talking about marriage and one of the things that she said at this this was like about uh, about five about actually or beginning of this year mm-hmm. she had put up put up a live and she said that marriage should not be rehab it should be the a place where you build upon <laughs> i said my gosh jesus so then the fact that you said that I you should go not back be and read, evangelize, to okay where you shouldn't have to be evangelizing helping <sighs> this person no um it should be where you are a building upon where both of you have already at a good place and you guys will build upon mm. not rehabbing each other Jesus, um, that is blessing me. <laughs> no, um, because second, you, yeah. I'm sorry, my mm-hmm. ex, you know, he. All right, so since we're talking about marriage, right? There were things that was happening, right? And I was like, all right, when this gets better, then we can get married. So I kept saying that when this gets better, like once we fix this, then we can get married. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no. I want to marry you no matter what. So we'll just fix it in the marriage. No, we got to fix it before. To me, we needed to fix it before the marriage. So you saying that just blessed me because I'm like, yes, the marriage is not mm-hmm. the rehab. Like mm-hmm. that should be the profit, right? Where you, mm-hmm. if, if we're relating it to real estate, that's when you flip the house, you make, you see the money, you see the, you're reaping the reward. Yeah. That's the reaping season, the har- harvest, not, you know, the rehab. So that, that just blessed me. Go ahead. The second thing that came to me was familiar spirits. Ugh. That, okay, that sometimes, you know, we're so familiar. Like, you know, the familiar spirit, for those who don't know, there's different things. There's a familiar spirit, the spirit that follows you through the family's bloodline or which is like family spirit. But there's also what it truly means is a familiar spirit. You're familiar with this situation, you're familiar with this person. And so you find, find yourself having to see the same type of people over and over again. Mm. And so so it's important that when you start to see a pattern of the people you're talking to, pattern of the people that's coming around you, it's usually because of that, or even patterns of when someone talks to you and they say something similar to what you've experienced before and then you, it hits your button and then mm-hmm. you get irritated or uh, you snap. That is where familiar spirit comes through. And I think it's very important when you recognize it, so you got to rebuke it, okay? As mm-hmm. a, as a, as, okay, as, in using authority in Christ Jesus, we rebuke it. And then you have mm. to put up the boundary. Amen. All right. <laughs> Shut that thing down. 
I'm, t- I'm telling you, like, <laughs> as soon as I got around this person, like, mm-hmm. I literally rebuked myself. I'm like, why do I, f- I act this way around this person? Like, mm-hmm. and I felt like it was a spirit. Sometimes it's also like a spirit of depression that'll try to come over me because this person mm-hmm. is lingering around. Weird, mm-hmm. right? Just mm-hmm. weird. Or I'll even eat more. What do you call that? Gluttony? Like, it's weird. Gluttony? Mm-hmm. Gluttony, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. So yeah, that is so true. It's so real. People don't realize it because they're not looking at it spiritually. And some people aren't spiritually inclined, but we are. So we see it. We feel it. We sense it. Did we talk about what motivated you to write the book? No. Yes. Carol, tell us what motivated you to actually write the book, The Unmarried Wife. Well, for one, God said so. (laughs) Let's be honest. But then two, you know, in the time that God had me write the book, I was actually going through like the things that we talked about. So with the boundaries, dealing with familiar spirits, and even just, I I hear and share, like uh, spiritual husbands. Okay, so this has a very big implication in terms of what you see it happening in your life. So there were a lot of these things that were holding up and the thing is, God has told me that I was going to be married and, and it has, and it's been going on for, and I'm like, in still this, in this place. And I'm like, Lord, but then he was like, well, for one, right. First and foremost, the husband I have for you is also my son. So meaning mm. that I had things I had to work on. So then yes. when God began to, to expose these things to me and just how, man, if I would have known before. So same thing that how you were saying that if you would have known this in church, if someone would have taught you, you would not have to go through it. And so, you know, along with being obedient to God, when as I began, you know, through writing it, I was like, man, I don't want people to go through what I had to go through. So if we can provide, because through the book itself, it's not just about a testimony of what I've gone through, because um, I I'm a co-author. I wrote it with my best friend, AJ Pitts. And so when we wrote it together, it was like us not only sharing in terms of like our testimony, but the how to. So then we go through the guide, like we have a guide in there, meaning the step-by-step. So mm-hmm. one of the things they recognize that, and what I felt was like, I felt dreadful in the season of waiting. It was like, I felt lonely. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me. I started to resent even my season of, of, of being an unmarried wife. I oh, wasn't wow. enjoying my, I wasn't enjoying my time with God, but then but then, but then I would be in situations where I'm like, man, I'm grateful to, to not have to worry about dividing my attention to a husband, to children. I only have this time with God. So then mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, man, Lord, how do I, how can I be in a place to really enjoy my life with you right now before you do bless me with my earthly husband and my earthly family and my family? And nice. so that's where it was. It was like helping women, you know, women or those in the, in the season of waiting to enjoy themselves, enjoy their time of God, because this is a time that you can give your undivided attention to God. Right. And so think about it of like, you know, when, you know, if you can think about it where you were with a significant other and all you want to do is stay in bed and hang out with them or talk on the phone. You don't want to go to work. You don't want to do anything. That should be the season I should be feeling when I'm with God right now. And I wasn't feeling that. And so that's why part of the book was that to help people enjoy that season with God, but really build, not only enjoy the season with God, but really love who they are in God. Mm. And because when you, when you love who you are in God, when your earthly husband comes, you're not having to look for 
um, approval or like for them to compliment it all the time because of rejection issue, but you've already taken care of those things because you've gone through the deliverance, you've been delivered from rejection. You now be the place to love who you are because not only that you love who you are, but you love God and you know who God made you to be. You embrace that. And mm-hmm. so uh, I, I was like, you know, if only someone had walked me through that process, I, you know, it would have been, you know, how would I say, I, it would have been more enjoyable for me. Mm-hmm. But, but now I'm in a place that my, actually my season is ending soon. And I say that because I keep feeling in my spirit that God is like, it's about time for you because you are ready. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I want more time with you. But then like, man, I wasted so much time. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So, so allowing people to be in a place where they don't waste that time so that they can really enjoy that time with God and loving who they are. Loving so God powerful. and loving themselves. <laughs> That's so powerful. I love that you said that your husband will be his son like so you have it's like God is playing matchmaker and he has to prepare you and prepare his son so when y'all come together it's just one big kingdom marriage it's amazing yeah I love that um that's that's so powerful Mm -hmm. because I was selfish at that time I was it was selfish of me because I'm like you know I'm praying you know for a husband but then I wasn't I wasn't actively preparing myself to be someone who can treat Mm -hmm. my husband well you see what I'm saying? And when God said that, that he is also my son, it was like, oh, yo, God yoked me up. I'm like, okay, you know what, Lord, you're, you're right. Because how I saw God was loving me, why would I think that God didn't love him that way? And why would he pair me, pair, bring his wife when I wasn't ready to treat mm. him right? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Lord, I got you. And so that really shifted a lot of things for me. And so, and it comes down from pride, comes down to pride entitled and well entitlement and the root of it is pride Mm -hmm. and the root of that issue was because of rejection do you see how everything uh, Mm -hmm. so it's like a domino effect when you don't take care of the root these are things that begin to happen so it was like a lot of you know it was like a lot of it was a humbling experience in this time where it was like okay you know lord i repent for even thinking that (laughs) you know highly of myself in that sense and entitled and so um, God was like, no, it's not going to work that way. You're not ready. <laughs> and I'm like, and what's funny that when you think that you're not ready, God's like, okay, you're ready. I'm like, wait, what? what? No, no, no. I got more preparing to do. <laughs> and I'm like, um, so I'm like, okay, okay. All right. Okay. You say I'm ready because I'm ready. But it's like, it really, it, but I think it's important for us to stay humble in every season so that you know, God do chasten those who he loves, meaning that he will mm-hmm. correct us in love because he, he doesn't want us to receive a blessing and sabotage it. So mm-hmm. he wasn't, you know what I'm saying? So why would God bring a marriage together and for us to sabotage it? Cause we weren't ready to handle that blessing. So that's so good. That's so powerful. Well, your husband, he's around the corner. <laughs> so you better stay booted up, ready to go. I love that the the con well not the concept I love the concept I love how you came up with it and I love that you highlight the different roles of God in your book God the father God is God of course and he's also your husband so I just love that um concept now how are some ways and I mean I probably know this but how are some ways God is a husband for those that don't even know what a husband's supposed to do right What's, what's yeah. that in your opinion? Our culture, well. Mm-hmm. 
these new generation people, us millennials and Gen Z people, we don't even know the gender. We don't know what husbands are supposed to be doing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll let you talk. (laughs) Well, you know, I grew up in generation where, and I'm there still that there's that fairy tale, the knight in shining armor, you know, Mm -hmm. person who protect you, save you. And so what's interesting is that, you know, although we talk about and saying that God is our, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, but we never really understood the Savior piece. So then we put that expectation on a husband. Mm. And so here, uh, you know, we were putting, (laughs) and so here I kept looking for that. And when God began to show me, he was saving me through these areas and through the different seasons in my life, saving me from this, saving me from that. And he was like, isn't that what you want from your husband? to know the person's going to protect mm. you and cover you. And I'm like, you know what, Jesus, you're right. You know, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And and then even just the, when there'll be times, and I talk about this in the book a lot as well too, and I break it down of, you know, how it comes up. But, you know, I go on dates with God. And mm. I know people may be like, oh, that sounds weird. It's not weird. It, <laughs> I mean, if he is everything and you're spending time, like there'll be times of God. I remember the first time was like, God was like, get dressed. And I'm like, get dressed. What do you mean get dressed? I'm already dressed. He was like, like, look nice. And I'm like, and that was kind of the word at the beginning where guys, we, we would go on date. And I'll tell you, it'd be amazing. I, I'll even go into like a, there's one time where God knows my favorite food and what I like to eat, you know, all those things. And even right. he knows, I, he knows I love roses. So when it comes to flowers, there's just something about roses that I really like. And so there was this one restaurant I go to and they have flowers. And I've um, actually, I've never seen flowers at their tables but mm-hmm. the one day God was like go get you know let's go we're gonna go to this restaurant get your get your Thai food because I like Thai, I like well I like all types of Thai food. Too. <laughs> okay <laughs> um but he was like that day I was just been craving for like pad Thai Thai food and stuff and the guy was like go go get Thai food I'm like really all right so then I go and Deontay tell me why as soon as I get there the, the table they take me to was it's only has two seats and right in the middle was red rose mm. at there and the thing is, I've gone to this restaurant many times and I have not seen flowers there. Even when I sat at a place where they had, but it was just like, wow. So though, so it was like at this, in this time, I was very sensitive to see even the small details that God mm. would do. So it was just like those things. And I'm like, man, these are things I do want my husband to know the details of what I like, what I don't like. And then surprising me because I am a person who do, you know, pay attention to small things. And so right. those, even something as small as that was like, oh, wow. So that began is to see those things that God was showing me. And what's interesting is that when he puts down and show you that these are things that he can do, he also gives you a standard right. as well too, that you got to know that this is what your husband will be. And, and that's not the, I don't mean as in like a, a crazy expectation where he's right, at, right. but, but you start to see the a standard of what your husband will be like. Because then now when a counterfeit mm-hmm. comes, you're like, well, no, God didn't say that this is how my husband would be or stuff like that. You right. start to recognize now, like that was that person, you know, I'm saying like how you were saying this person doesn't even pray. So God right, has to show right. you that your husband, you know, your husband should be a praying husband. If uh, he doesn't well, pray every day, you. but he, okay. Right. Uh-huh. Somebody did mm-hmm. prophesy to me once that my husband mm-hmm. will, well, I shouldn't tell these people that, right? <laughs> I'll tell you my husband would be a man of wisdom and um mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because I asked them, like, you know, is this my husband? They was like, I don't know, but your husband is, I can't, you know, a lot of prophets, are, they don't like to get into your personal business about, is that the one, is that your husband? But they was like, this person will be a man of wisdom. And I was like, all right, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. But what I do love about your book, you're not just spinning out, you know, your ideas, right? You're actually telling us what to pray right in the book as well so it's kind of like a guide like this is what you can pray or should pray to have maybe these results or to get centered where you need to be so I do love that I think it's a great guide you all need to definitely go buy the book we're gonna do a live IG I hope I pray so people can ask questions and I think this is just a great like a girl chat type of conversation especially because I'm I'm living through everything now we did a podcast on purity sexual purity and we got great feedback from that because we're talking about sex, right? We're talking about how we ended up being out here busting it wide open before, <laughs> before Jesus. So, you know, the feedback was great. And I, I don't, I'm a very transparent person. You know, I, I don't, I, one thing about me, if I feel like the person never fell short in their life, I can't relate to them. If you never, ever sinned in your life, you're probably not the person I need to have as my leader, as my pastor, right? Like I need to know at some point you did something <laughs> bad mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. God saved you. He, he he yoked you up out of that situation. He saved your life and you, and he delivered you. So yeah. those are the type of people I relate to because I, I was ratchet at one point. And this was a great conversation. This was great, Carol. Everybody make sure you go get the Unmarried Wife ebook and let everybody know how they can actually purchase and support and get your book. Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely get the unmarried the book, The Unmarried Wife at at I am dope.com. I am dope.com. Uh, that is actually where the website you'll be able to see the unmarried wife. And then for those who are already married and you're wondering, well this is too late for me. Actually I find that this book will talk about the foundation as a piece as a, a child of God, but also my best friend also was a co-author of that book. She also have a book called The Wife After the Wedding, where she talks about where she wasn't submitted to God, but then they were already married. Mm. And then she had, to, and she had to learn how to be a wife. So, but you definitely, you can find that again at IamDivinelyDope.com. Awesome. And it's a bundle, right? Because I, I actually have both mm-hmm. books. So yeah, I mean, yes, I need to go yes, read both. I need to go bundle. study both, get a highlighter. <laughs> Take notes <laughs> because I've, I've, I'm looking back at myself and I definitely know um, one that that person probably just wasn't the one that got sent for me. But not only that, I probably was not ready for marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly he wasn't ready for marriage either. So, but I have no regrets. But again, when I met you in person and you told me that you had this book, it just blessed me just having our conversation in person so thanks for writing it <laughs> it's, it's great so far we're gonna like i said do a live ig soon so everyone go support divinely dope they actually have a clothing line on that website as well go support it go check it out and till next time until we see you soon god bless you all take care <laughs>